0: Welcome to Season 2 of Mummers on a Mission. This is Episode 4. Hey, 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 I'm Holly, the Chief Mummer of Motherhood Melbourne. I love bringing you Melbourne mums that are in mission mode. And I have to say, the feedback about Season 2 has been incredible. I chat with a different mum each week. So if this is your first time here, woohoo, hello, you can go back to any episode and be entertained, informed, and inspired by kick-ass local mums. And speaking of kick-ass mums, I've got Lauren Owens. Here is my guest, and she's the owner of West Home. If you're thinking of buying, selling, building, or renovating your home, Lauren is the lady you need to meet. Oh, she had me in stitches, especially when she shares a random fun fact about herself. But more importantly, she drops golden nuggets of advice about top tips for buying a family home, how to play the game when it comes to buying, and finding the right real estate agent when you're selling. Then we chat all about Renaults, key considerations, and real-life Renault horror stories. Lauren is on a mission to equip women with the information and educational tools to go into buying, selling, building, and renovating with confidence. So let's start with Lauren telling us about life before she became the founder of West Home. Let's meet Lauren. West Home was um, born in uh, late last year um, when I was on holidays
1: in Bali and my career and my life are actually completely unrelated. So I actually have worked in the field of corporate responsibility and, uh, and community engagement in major corporates in Australia and the UK for about fifteen years. So this is a uh, yeah completely different direction that I've taken. Um, so I've had so many different roles in different corporates that anything, everything from writing checks um, with corporate money uh, for charities through to helping businesses to transform so that they can have a more positive impact in society. So I've had some very cool jobs along the way um, and I've also had two children along the way as well. So I have, I have a four-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son. So they're kind of my second uh, job <laughs> and West Home is um, a passion project for me and a bit of a side hustle. So I'm keeping pretty busy.
0: Yes, sounds like it. So, uh, yeah, very interesting sort of background. And then how did West Home come about? So can you explain a little bit more about what it is and why you started it?
1: Yeah, sure. So when I was in Bali, I had some very rare downtime from the kids. I started to just jot down everything that I'd learned over many years of being obsessed with all things property and renovation and interior design Um, And in the last couple of years in particular, I've had a lot of um, conversations and investigated quite hard into the area of um, renovation and new building. I've done quite a lot of work renovating my own home and redecorating it and was in a bit of a a process of buying and, and selling myself. So there was just so much information that I acquired over the last couple of years and I'd have these conversations with people. I'd always find myself in a work chat or a social situation talking about the real estate market and property and renovations. Like, I honestly think every conversation ended up um, landing in that that space. So I just realised actually the more I was talking to people about what I'd learnt and all the conversations I'd had with architects and builders and interior designers and real estate agents that a lot of the information I had was really valuable for people. And I just assumed a lot of it was common sense, but the more I started to, to chat it through with others, there was just so much that people didn't know. And it's obviously such an overwhelming space, whether it be buying and selling a home for the first time perhaps, or entering into a process of a major renovation or building a new home, they're huge decisions and people just feel really overwhelmed by that process. So, I figured through the work that the conversations I've had and the kind of um, information I've acquired over time, I thought I need to share this more broadly. So, um, so West Home was born. Um, it's an online resource. So it's a, a website, but it's also, um, I also have a very active social media account um, that pumps out a lot of inspiration and um, a lot of content to open people's eyes to the what the process might look like and just prepare them as they enter it. So kind of my, my um, premise is to um, help build people's confidence to enter the process of buying and selling, renovating or building um, with their eyes wide open and knowing um, where to start with asking some of the key questions that they'll need to know throughout. So it's particularly targeted towards women who are taking more and more of a lead um, in the household on, things like buying a new property or overseeing a renovation. That was definitely the case in my former relationship. And the reality is there is, uh, it is a very male dominated industry. So a lot of women um, can be made to feel, sadly it is um, the reality, made to feel um, uncomfortable, um, ill-informed, silly, uh, like they're asking stupid questions um, I've always been the sort of person that loved asking a stupid question. So I think that, that that's the sort of information that I'm sharing. It's those basics so that you can enter into those conversations and for women to feel empowered to have those conversations with tradespeople or agents and just feel a little bit more confident going into it. So, so that's West Home. It's um, along the way as well, I'm sharing lots of homes in the inner the West that are up for sale. I found that, People are looking for independent advice on real estate. Um, It can be a very salesy area and um, people don't want to buy a lemon. Um, A lot of people are moving into new areas. Um, So I'm in Yarraville. I'm very proud of this area Um, and the inner west just broadly. So I'm sharing the sorts of properties that are coming on the market that are good properties or that provide inspiration for people or are in good areas, really just giving people um, some independent advice while they're um, in the market looking for their next home
0: oh wow this sounds so fantastic um yeah i really love that you know that you're catering towards women because in most households that's the person who's doing all the project management if it's a reno or when you're looking for a house i don't know about you but like i i established like a really quick emotional connection and then after that it was like well I have to have this house uh whereas I felt like with my hubby his approach was so different um so then I guess when we were working with the real estate agent I'm like you have to speak with them because I just literally will be like I want this house I don't care uh yeah so really interesting um you know the what what you've actually set up and the resources that are available I love that
1: oh thank you yeah there's (laughs) everything on the on the website from what is a mood board, how to put one together, through to, you know, what the hell is joinery? When <laughs> yeah. someone got the word joinery, I was like, I've got no idea what you're talking about, I know what, carpentry, what a carpenter is, but, yeah. you know, I know what a, um, a landscaper is, I seem to know all the different trades, and then someone said, oh, you need a joiner for that. God, I need to write a blog
0: on that. No, that's good. And, And, you know, it is hard sometimes because all the information is in all different places. So I love that you're just bringing it together and explaining it in a way that is just so easy to understand as well. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And isn't it interesting when you know so much about a topic, you do make the assumption that other people know about it. And then as you talk yeah. to people, you're like, oh, you don't know that? How don't you know that? All right. Well, okay. Maybe I'll um share that knowledge with you somehow.
1: Absolutely. absolutely.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. So I would love to grab some of that amazing knowledge that you have and get some tips off you um, with some topics that I'm sure Melbourne mums are really interested in. So I thought we'd start off with buying a house. If someone's searching for a family home to buy, what are your top tips to approach this?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question because unlike looking for um, an investment property or something with a little bit more clarity around um, downsizing, so just looking for a, um, a very simple sort of life and, and understanding your own needs on your, in your home at that stage, looking for a family home is so different. It's so complicated. There's so many factors that you're trying to juggle. Um, you know, your checklist is just a mile long, so you're not only looking at the floor plans, you um, Looking at room sizes, you're checking out neighborhoods, then you're also thinking about things like school zones. You know, it's just there's so much there that you need to take in. Um, so I do have quite a few tips on this subject matter, having been through it myself not all that long ago. So, I think the first tip is that you need to just take your time, so see what's out there, um, have a look what's working for you and not working for you in different floor plans. So, um often as well as seek some advice from someone um, whether it be a builder or someone who's done a little bit of work around uh, the house themselves to help them to open your minds to what could be possible with a floor plan so um, but just you really just seeing what's out there and understanding what's kind of working for you or not is definitely the first thing to do and think about the space along the same lines think about the space over the long term so it might be fine that you have one bathroom now, um, but do you have space for an additional bathroom when all of your kids have grown up and there's four or five people using one bathroom? Um, another key consideration and, and another piece of feedback that I, um, I get quite often is people love these, like the idea of having a master en- ensuite upstairs, this kind of idea of a parents' retreat. And then they regret it because they've got these kids that are really small sleeping under them and they can barely sleep at night because they're so worried about their kids being on the bottom floor. So just thinking about how we feel about this floor plan and this layout in the long run is a really important um, tip. Go to auctions, go and see what comparable properties are selling for. Go and check out your competition. You tend to see the same people at each open for inspection. So get a bit of a feel for what their budget might be if they're missing out at auctions. Um, it's super fun to take your kids along to look at an open for inspection. And I actually take my daughter, She's I call her my house buddy. She and I go to a lot of open for inspections together And I just think it's dead cute when I see her climbing up the stairs or poking her head around the corner of a little room. But um, that's when I'm looking uh, for West Home, not when I'm looking for buy, uh, for buying for myself. Um, you've got to go and have a look at the house um, by yourself so that you can really concentrate. When you're taking kids around the open for inspections, you're so paranoid that they're going to go and run off and break something. <laughs> or you know everyone's beautiful things around on display because they're trying to sell this home and then you're like, my kid will be that child that breaks something delicate, I'm certain. Um, so, but it's lovely to see their feedback on a home, but um, any good agent will organise for you to see the house outside of those main open times. So definitely go and check it out on your own and have time to walk around and consider things. Um, Snoop around the neighbourhood, chat to neighbours, um, find other families that live there. They're always going to tell you that you know if a a neighbourhood or a a street isn't ideal for children, um, talk to the people that have been there for for years. Um, They'll give you the the right skinny i'd love finding those little gorgeous little ladies old ladies that stand out the front of their houses when there's an open for inspection i always go and chat to them and they will <laughs> tell you exactly how it is um, and be informed you know if you're looking for a fixer-upper if you've got a, a plan in mind to create the perfect family home so you're just looking for something that you're going to be able to to do that with just consider all of the factors relating to renovating. So um, a key one for families is it's it can take up to two years to complete a renovation. If you've got children that you need to make uh, drop-offs, you have multiple drop-offs or even just a single drop-off, where are you going to be able to rent? How much is that going to cost? You know, How comfortable are you renting and having to be some, um in out of your comfort zone for an extended period of time while you're doing that work so it's just sort of thinking through and just making sure you're really informed um, in that respect and if it's all too hard my main tip is get a buyer's advocate you know a lot of people don't know the value that they provide they can um, appear to be quite costly up front but they really do pay for themselves and buyers advocates can take that emotion out of out of it, like you said, you had, and I absolutely had too. I have those. It's so hard. You're making this huge decision and you're having to stop yourself being excited about it because you don't want to be disappointed. But you're about, I'm about to drop like a million dollars right now, and I really want to be excited, but I can't because I'm just so nervous. I'm going to miss out on this. And they'll just take all that emotion out of it. Um, and they also get um, first dibs on houses that drop on the market that, um, may not be advertised, so what's called off-market properties. So buyers advocates can be a huge help in in your search.
0: Fantastic. And with um this is the thing I always feel awkward when you're looking at a house because somebody is usually living in the house unless it's like completely cleared out you feel awkward looking but you need to look inside cupboards and see how much oh, space yeah. there is but it is really like oh I'm intruding on someone's personal space here
1: oh I know <laughs> I know and when you take kids they do not care because <laughs> you're like playing with their toys and they're lying in the bed and
0: yeah. they're opening cupboards I'm like, oh god But you do need to see all those things because I guess you're buying the house as it is, and to see is there any surprises that they're covering up or anything you know behind furniture. Like if you move it, you want to see that that's there because you know you don't want to get stung at the end.
1: I think there's some crazy stat like people spend 15 minutes buying a family or buying a house, buying a property. You just you just don't look at it. You go in, you you know you make. Uh, spend so little time making such a big
0: Mm. decision
1: and you don't often see those things that you really need to see and that's where the value of having a building inspector coming through and giving you particularly for um weatherboard type houses you know getting them to look at it structurally for you um, and pointing out some of the more costlier things that might need to be done just so you can bear it in mind Um, but, yeah, someone that can just give you a little bit of uh, perspective on it because you can easily be like, oh, my God, I love the bench tops and you're like, the kitchen is just on a, like, 70-degree slope and <laughs> you know, there's, a, yeah. there's a huge crack that's appearing in the, um, in the be- <laughs> kids' bedroom but, like, I'm bloody loving those splashback tiles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We get blinded by all the bling don't we <laughs> a little bit
1: totally
0: <laughs> yeah so it is good to bring someone else in and you can bring the builder in um even after you've sort of put uh that deposit down it can be on condition of a building inspection is that correct yeah uh,
1: if it's being um in the current market there are a lot more options available to okay. buyers so if you're bidding That's at auction before you, um, when the market was stronger, you wouldn't be able to have that sort of negotiation. You would ah. need to, and this is where it's really hard for buyers. You might see ten properties that you love, and then you yeah. keep missing out on an auction, and you're dropping five hundred dollars on a building inspection each time. So it's really mm. hard to to make that investment, and so a lot of people don't. They're just like mm. that. Seems like a waste of money. There's no guarantees. I'm going to get this house. So, in the current market, um, it can be. You can negotiate those sorts of things with agents. It's certainly yep. worth having a conversation. Um, but in private sale properties, you can um, ask for that. It can be conditional on finance. It can be conditional on a building inspection. Both. Um, it's just in those auction situations that you'll need to speak to the agent and understand what's what options are there. If you are the highest bidder at auction, can you make that subject to to some other um, condition?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good to know. Um, And what about, what are the things when we're looking to buy a property that we need to be aware of when we're working with the real estate agent? So I guess, how do we play the game that, so that, you know, I guess that it works out in our favor?
1: Yeah. Oh, look, it is such a fine line between being open and um, feeling exposed and then playing cards too close to your chest. So um, there are a lot of good agents out there that aren't pushy and rude and there are those that ruin it for everyone and give them all a bad name. But at the end of the day, you know, real estate agents, they are working for the vendor, but they are also working with and for you. So you do need to build a relationship with them. So it's probably you know even just a, um, a mindset to not feel like it's a game that you are playing, but more that there are tactics involved um, and there is an outcome. It needs to still be a positive outcome. And the reason for that is that, um, as I said, with buyer's advocates, they, they um, have access to properties that aren't going to be promoted on realestate.com.au and um, having an agent that you've become quite friendly with or, you know, they've been in contact with you quite regularly or they're checking in with you, as much as that can seem like harassment. <laughs> um, again, fine line. But um, having those relationships, you may be the first person that they call when they do have a property come up for um, sale off market. So it's it's important just to have that in mind. Um, but some of the tips... I have in just dealing with agents generally is explain to them what you do and don't want. Um, And a lot of people just don't know what they actually want. It's the funniest thing. You sort of, you don't know what you're looking for until you see it. It's actually sometimes easier to communicate what you absolutely wouldn't consider. So that can be a place to work back because otherwise they will send you or show you so many things that just are nowhere near um, the mark, and as I said earlier, you need to look at floor plans differently, so you need to be you need to be quite open minded when you're looking for a home to see can I work with this? can I possibly work with this so to say such things to agents as I absolutely want to have two bathrooms, um, I want the ability to be able to extend this property over time to um, increase the space. So giving them a bit of a view of how do I want to use this home in the short to longer term can be really helpful. Otherwise, they will just be like, what does this person want right now? And then you'll be um, bombarded with properties. And I think that that point I made earlier around thinking about a space over the long term, particularly for families, is so important. So just being clear around what you do and don't want. and Give feedback when you look at properties. So i have been just so many open for inspections with people um and either they've i've attended with them or i've just gone and had a bit of a snoop around which is pretty much my saturday these days Uh, and i've listened to people that have left the house and the agent has has said you know what did you think and uh, they're like oh yeah not bad um yeah we'll think about it and i'm like man opportunity missed like give feedback you might feel rude and you might feel like you're bagging out someone's house or you just might not feel comfortable with it but you need to get really comfortable with giving feedback on a property so um, and and not too much good feedback um that's that will not usually work in your favor but let them know if you're interested in a property but You know, I wasn't, I think the bathroom needs some work and that's concerning me. That's I'm envisaging that's going to um, change the budget that we would have on this home. Or I'm not too sure about this street, Um, the proximity. I thought I could do it. The house looked great online, but I think that this location is something that I really need to consider a little bit more. Whatever it might be, giving that feedback to the agent, they will pass that on to the vendor. And it will if you are actually still interested in the property, it will work in your favor because it just helps to manage the expectations of the vendor. So what's the market saying? What are people what feedback are people giving on this home? So that they don't think that it's worth 1.5 and you're going, nah, I've gone through and I'm gonna be dropping 10K in each room. So I'm I'm not willing to pay any more than 1.2. So um so I think just yeah, providing that feedback. In terms of price, it's always a tricky one because you kind of want to give an agent an idea of what your budget is, but you don't want to give away the top end of your budget. So my advice on that one is just to give a bit of a a guide. Um, Definitely don't disclose what your absolute upper limit is. Um, Build in some contingency on that. But to give them a bit of a guide of, you know, I'm just not willing to pay any more than a million um, when your budget might be 1.1% um that can that can be helpful and I think you know advertised prices are a bit more realistic now so you should be able to it's you're only having to disclose that price if you're asking an agent to look out for things for you that you're not finding yourself so if you found a property online you're going to open for inspection you do not need to communicate at any point to the agent what you're willing to spend it's only if you want to If you've built those relationships with agents and you want them to keep a lookout for things that are hitting the market that might fit your brief, you do need to give them a bit of a steer on price.
0: Okay, that's really good. Um, because I felt like when we went through the process, we were harassed constantly about Mm. what's your maximum, what's your maximum? It's like, why are we we're not gonna share our maximum? Why would you ask us that? And even when we put in an offer, we had to go down, like this was a really weird process. We had to go down after we'd already put in the offer again to say okay they wanted us to sign something to say this was our maximum and we weren't going to put in mm. another bid that would go over that like this was as far as our budget would go oh, and I was like that's, that's one really, shot yeah and I was like oh my goodness this is really stressful because we knew that we would go over it but at that point of course we thought oh this is how you do it this is what you're got to do but that felt yeah. really like we were cornered and I just didn't understand that, that they even it, did why they did that
1: yeah that is strange so was it was it an auction situation no it wasn't an auction it was a private sale yeah
0: Yeah. and so it left a bit of a bad taste in our mouth like we're just like that's Mm. really yeah like they turned a little bit nasty like it felt like that like it was aggressive it felt aggressive or something
1: yeah it's really disappointing that that is the case because it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. and they're just shooting themselves in the foot because like as if you're going to sell your house with them down the track. So oh, I know. It's just short, so short-sighted. Um, but it's in, it actually reminds me, so um, the house that I'm living in now, um, we bought private sale and we had one shot to put in our best offer. It did have an advertised price mm. and someone had, someone had always told me, go in with an odd figure. And so <laughs> we did. It was so odd that it was like... And eighty-five dollars at
0: yeah.
1: the end. <laughs> and we just got one shot. So it was the advertised price plus yeah. eighty-five dollars. Yeah. And there was two supposedly two of us putting in um, <laughs> offers at the same time. And they would just open them together and then go with the highest price and an ounce is the highest price. And I'm st- I, I still wonder whether <laughs> did the eighty five dollars get us across <laughs> the line. <laughs> totally worth it oh that's a good
0: that's a good one i like that <laughs>
1: yeah odd numbers even yeah. at auction don't go in with a budget of 750 you know 754 766 you know, you just you've got a um I think, what would someone else's budget be? And a lot of people just land at a round figure. It's really comfortable. You know, everyone always sets their alarm on a round figure. It's the same at auction. Yeah. I'm (laughs) just not going above this dollar. It's got to be a 50. It's got to be a 55. It's got to be a flat zero. But, um, yeah, it's good to have something a little bit odd to go in with.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you happen to be a fellow Westie like Lauren, you're going to want to know about my podcast partner, Fit Kicks. It's a kids multi-sport program with a focus on confidence, courage, resilience, and persistence. Fit Kicks is on a mission to help kids feel capable, valued, and happy. I'm thrilled to personally recommend it too. We were warmly welcomed into the Fit Kicks community by Coach Carlo. This is not a franchise experience, but a family-run biz that's led with purpose to create confidence through sport. Don't take my word for it, though. Here's what my four-year-old has to say.
1: I was to go to Fit Kicks and Coach Carlo
0: is the best. If you're a Westside mama with a kitty aged 2 to 12, go to fitkicks.com.au to see if there's classes or a holiday program near you. I've popped a link in the show notes so you can book in a free trial at FitKicks. Go FitKicks! Do you do you find it interesting to watch auctions? I find it so stressful. Like we're not, it's not even me bidding and I'm just like, I'm so stressed yeah. for these people.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I also, I, I cringe sometimes and want to jump in when I see them not playing it the way that they should. You know, they sit on their hands or at the wrong time or, you know, they act all standoffish and I'm like you need to accelerate now you need to like you know do some knockout bids here so <laughs> it is it is. there's a real art to um auction bidding that's for sure
0: mm, absolutely so thank you for sharing all those tips around buying if anyone's listening now and they're actually interested in selling their house What are some of the steps to take in selecting a real estate agent? Because that can be quite overwhelming. There's so many out there. And what tips Mm. do you have around working together to get that best outcome?
1: Yeah, I think um actually I get asked this question quite a lot. So I've put up a nine-part series on social media and on my website around taking your um your home to auction. (laughs) Um and the first step is actually around in finding the right agent. So um if you're new to an area. Um, uh, you know, if you're selling, I suppose you're not new to an area, but if you're new to the real estate space and you don't know where to start, I mean absolutely the best um, starting point is to chat to people in your hood and ask them who they've used or who they would recommend. So um, definitely get several agents to put forward a proposal. So. And really go through that proposal with them to see how they're planning to campaign your home. Um, don't get too caught up in what they say it's going to sell for. Um, they really can't give you any guarantees on what it's going to go for, especially in this market. It's so fickle um, and it really does vary on, on the day and the crowd. Um, but get a couple of proposals and one thing I've, I've found, as I mentioned, I've, I've put homes um, that are in the inner west up for sale on my social media and the engagement on that is huge because people are following along at home and they're looking for properties and they're looking for that independent advice. A lot of agents have not got on board with the fact that people are using social media in that way so that they're, they're still quite old school and using traditional means like print and um, you know realestate.com.au domain. Dot com.au. They're still valuable channels, but um, talking to your agent about what they're going to be doing in terms of a digital campaign, um, a social campaign around your home is really important. Um, uh, each, I mean, you'll just get a feel for the right agent once you've met with a couple of them. Each agent and each agency will have their own style, and you just, it's whoever you're really feeling the most confident and comfortable with. Um, I think one piece of advice, people get understandably quite cynical of agents and they think that they're just there to make as much money and take as much margin through the process as possible. So when agents say to a vendor, you really would be worth investigating professionally styling your home or bringing in some new furniture, people can get a little bit annoyed by that or they're just trying to get me to spend even more money in this process. The reality is they... Um, unless I'm missing something, they're not getting a cut on that um, that activity and they will be trying to encourage you down that path to give you the, the best chance of selling your home because the reality is probably about 10% of people can see what's possible in a home. They will walk in if they can't envisage themselves in that house based on what furniture is currently there or the colour of the walls anything like that, they immediately just discount it. And so I've um, built a product and um, it's available to people if they're interested to help go through those properties with you and help to open your mind to what could be possible. Um, being able to visualise um, how to use a space and how it might work for you is something that that people, have, I've now understood that people need. And again, I just thought that was common sense. Surely everyone can see that that green wall could be white. like And the kitchen could easily be replaced or just repainted but um, it can be quite overwhelming for people so do listen to agents when they are giving you that sort of advice um, you can actually listen um, parts of the uh, selling process that you can take more control of as well so you can actually engage your own photographer you can engage your own property stylist they will offer you the easiest option which is just take it all through the agent manage it all through the agent um, but a lot of people don't know that they can um, manage some of that, that aspect. Um, I come from a writing background, so I love um, critiquing, copywriting of, of ads and <laughs> drops. I have just, at one, one day in my lifetime, the yeah. real estate agency world, will realize that no one talks like that I know it's so corny isn't it it's so corny and and I've not ever used exquisite when I've (laughs) talked about a house I've never you know breathtaking I'm just like are you kidding me so if you've got your own views of how you can communicate about your own home for sale let the agent know that and don't let them bully you in um to, to using their language if you're just not comfortable with it because I think at the end of the day, especially social media, has demonstrated that people are looking for someone who's real and um, imp- uh, uh, independent and honest and a lot of the, the real estate world just doesn't jam with that at the moment. So, fingers crossed it will all change and I'll be in there fighting <laughs> fighting in the corner. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they, they're probably the main things. And I think also just ask your agent to keep you informed during the process so that you're getting that feedback that I mentioned earlier that hopefully people are providing so you can just adjust your um, expectations throughout a, an, an average four-week campaign if it's if it's not a private sale situation.
0: Mm. and if the relationship's not going well or if they're not getting the results that i guess they promised or you had hoped for would you suggest moving on then to someone else or sticking yeah. it out and just giving them the opportunity mm. it's really tricky it's so case by case yeah um
1: what i the one thing that i would say is that houses start to smell um if they're with an agent for a significant period of time so there's one recently that sold in Seddon that was up last year I think or if it wasn't last year it was earlier this year for sale with one agent and it just lurked for months and months and months and then recently it changed agents and their campaign was really strong and um although to be fair I didn't follow the first campaign all that closely but I was very impressed by the second campaign because I'd seen it I was like that's a good street that's a nice house why is that not selling and the approach taken by the new agent was really good and not only did it sell but it like blew a record for this area in like the last couple of months while it's been so hard to sell a property so Mm. I think it, it can be worth seeing it out with an agent um, while it's already up um, and going through to auction. You, you will only it's it's just a judgment call. If you just feel like they have got no one interested in the property, they're not providing any feedback. They're you know pushing you into taking pre offers that you feel like aren't reasonable. You know I think you can have that conversation then. Um, and probably the least you'll lose is uh, the most you'll lose will be the marketing costs. Mm. Um, but I think it can be worth seeing it through. And if it doesn't sell, giving yourself a, a small window to give them one last shot at it, and then changing agents and looking at a new approach to campaigning it. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a difficult process. Mm. Yeah, no, so great tips around that. Thank you. And I want to talk about, I think this will be a really popular topic renovating.
1: Yeah. It's become
0: so big lately, and obviously, thanks to so many reality TV shows. But it's great that women are really getting into the process as well. Um, So, for those who are listening, when it comes to renovating, what are the key considerations or questions we should be asking? before we get started? Because we get very excited and we start doing the Pinterest boards, (laughs) you know, the after process when we want to style. But like, what about all those things before we even start?
1: Yes. Oh my God. The list is long on this one. (laughs) And I've written a lot of articles, so go to westhome.com.au yes, and absolutely. have a little look first. <laughs> Actually, um, there are a lot of real renovation stories on the site. So I find that some the first place to start would be to chat to others that have gone down this path already and what did they learn? What would they do differently? Everyone's got a piece of advice. So I would say, you know, first things first is to, to chat to others um, and find out what their journey looks like. And there's some, some gems there around oh god I had no idea that a neighbour could object and what happens if they object and what does what does that mean when does it go to VCAT for consideration and you know how do I manage the relationship with my neighbour you know talking to people that have had those really terrible experiences and what they would have done differently and how that all works and how do you still get a house that you like but your neighbour is still on board with you know those, those are the sorts of things that are just worth talking through with people, um, but I think in, on a personal level for people that are entering the process, I think the first thing to just um, land on, agree on, is what is your budget? What is your absolute top end? And start to talk to builders about that and talk to architects, talk to builders. Um, and just really understand what does your money get you these days so you can understand in all reality what what you might be able to achieve. There are some guides that are are out there around metre square, a cost per metre square for renovating an existing home versus um, cost per metre square uh, creating an extension um, or adding on to the home. So using those as a bit of a rough guide can be really helpful in you figuring out what your budget might be and then bouncing that around with some people. Um, Timeframe, as mentioned earlier, it is absolutely the case that a renovation, particularly a major renovation, can take up to two years. If you have to, um, or areas like the inner west, there's a lot of heritage overlay requirements that require council input into... So, it can be two years from the concept design through to moving back in. So, just knowing that and what are you going to do if that's the case for you? Where are you going to live? How expensive is that going to be? Is um, a really important consideration. Um, How much do you want to take the lead on the process yourself is something to consider early on. Um, So, one of the terms that I got really frustrated hearing about where I'm like, this is why I need my blog because I don't know what you mean by owner builder the said oh are you gonna are you planning to be an owner builder and i'm like i don't know what that is <laughs> so i'm not sure um so the, the two options you've got uh, is are you going to take the lead on the process uh, majority lead on the process and engage all the different trades along the way and um, which is an owner builder style approach or will you engage a builder and they have their own um, network of trades that they'll bring in, and they will organise all the scheduling, and um, everything will just flow. They'll carry a lot of the liability and um, responsibilities when things go wrong. And owner builder, you're carrying a lot more of that yourself. And for a lot of people, it's quite easy to be become a owner builder. It's a bit of a tick box exercise to get that sort of um, status, if you will. But you're carrying a lot of a lot of um, responsibility and liability so it's something to really consider and to challenge yourself on is the cost that i'm saving removing a builder um, really worth it what if something goes wrong and i think that the next point would be you know around familiarizing yourself with the um the general sequence and order of events a builder will know what trade needs to come in how much earlier than the next one particularly doing something like a bathroom renovation where it has to run like clockwork, you know, you've know. you watched enough blocks to know what goes on there, but you've got <laughs> yeah. you know, to have a builder going to line everyone up and check everyone's work and make sure it's all okay for the next guy to come in or girl um, is just so much less stressful than trying to organise it yourself. But asking the questions, whichever way you go, but asking the questions on, okay, which trade comes in first and then what happens and then what happens and then what happens, then what happens is really helpful to to do that and ask dumb questions along the way if you don't feel comfortable and i, I probably am one of these people too i bloody love a dumb question because so i just feel like it just builds rapport immediately because you're like i know better than you <laughs> i don't i'm here to learn i need to you know you're the expert um but if probably a, a good piece of advice would be to try and find out if there's someone that you could ask those questions of that's not going to be your builder or not going to be your architect so which was the whole premise for me starting up West Home was you know what are those questions that you just need to ask and, and what do you need to know going into those initial conversations and often you only find those by asking the people that um, you feel most comfortable with because you're not in, intending to have an ongoing relationship with them so it's a bit cheeky but look everyone does it so um, get multiple quotes, you know, don't just settle for one. The average is getting three quotes for any work that you're undertaking. Um, probably my last top tip on the renovation side of things, which is only one I've discovered in, in recent um, times, is consider getting an interior designer involved in the process. So, um, when I first heard about interior designers, much like architects, I thought, God, you know, they're for people with a lot of money, you know, that's not for me. And, you know, they are quite costly up front. I would 100% use an architect, um, no question about it. And I would 94% use an interior designer. Um, I feel like there's still a little bit that I want to take control of, but um, I think they are worth their weight because they, you know, the reality of a renovation is there are so many decisions to be made. They're big decisions. They need to be made quickly and they're decisions, particularly for women, you know, with an aesthetic sort of approach to the home, if you screw up a decision on oh, the tile, I'm really not comfortable with how the tile's going with the um, splashbacks or the, you know, the floor, the flooring, and it just will be that one thing that just drives you insane and makes you so unhappy in this beautiful, super expensive home, having an interior designer that helps you through making those decisions and pre- presents an overall concept so that everything is um, complementary throughout the home can be so valuable. Plus little known fact is that they also get trade discounts. Um, so they, they might charge you up front what sounds like a lot of money, but if you're factoring in the discounts that they can access for you on flooring and tiling and um, lighting uh, along the way, it can actually be, you know, worthwhile. So, yeah, they're, they're the key things I think you need to kind of wrap your head around before you, you bring the tool out.
0: Yeah, and I absolutely agree with the interior designer. We did our bathroom and our kitchen. And originally we were sort of got, you know, trying to design it ourselves, the layout. And I didn't realize, like I thought the interior designer is someone who sort of comes in after and just does, yeah, some of the aesthetic stuff, but she actually came up with the layout and layouts that we Mm. didn't couldn't even like comprehend and when she came up because she actually gave us three options for both I was like wow and then we did a lot of jigging around and stuff but they were things that we didn't even think were possible in that space and I love like when people come into our space they're like oh wow this just flows really well and I'm like yeah because somebody else thought of it who knew what they were doing (laughs) rather than us going I think I want this here and I think I want that there
1: (laughs) yes even things like um walk-in wardrobes if I, my, one of my goals, life goals, is to get yeah. one of those. Like, yes. you know, I really will die happy if I do have a working wardrobe <laughs> at some point. There's some getting someone to help- <laughs> yeah, goals. Yeah. goals. Um, getting someone to help you organise uh, your wardrobe is also something to consider because that is something you go, oh, I reckon I know how, how I want it. But there's nothing more frustrating if you haven't fully considered the yes. hanging space, the usability of accessing things that you need more frequently, even in the kitchen um, Kitchen design. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Interior design designers play the role of helping you with the concepts and the aesthetics, but they also help you with the functionality of spaces, which is something that you, you know,
0: really can benefit from. Absolutely. It changes the energy of the, of the space and just makes you happier. Like that's what you want to feel when you're, you're using those spaces all the time. So it's important that they flow. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So I'd love to talk about, do you have any renovation horror stories or, or lessons, or what are some things that typically do go wrong with people when they're trying to do their own reno's, or even if they're not if they're not doing the um, themselves, but what what are some of the things that go wrong?
1: I think it's always they always tend to come down to a miscommunication or a mismanagement of expectations. It's not being clear on um, what you expected something to look like, um, and not getting that in writing as well can just be. Um, a fatal mistake. So, if you have made a decision, had a conversation with uh, something's changed along the way with a builder um, or an architect or a designer uh, or a tradesperson, getting that in writing can just save a lot of headaches down the track. And one of the greatest top tips that someone gave me, which I will absolutely do when I, I finally do get around to my major reno, is to set up a separate email address. I just thought, great idea, you know. Just to have like my inbox on a day, my work inbox is flooded and I cannot search for anything for love nor money. So, the idea of having a renovation account that you've got everything filed as bathroom, you know, architect communication, you can easily find and bring back up in those times where something's gone wrong, I thought it was just such a great piece of advice. Um, the one horror story I heard, um, comes back to that idea of the sequencing and not knowing when things need to be done and taking a load um, yourself um, and it backfiring. So slash, you know, being an owner builder and and not managing the trades in the right order. And um, this person had done all of the internal renovations. It was all looking beautiful and um, everything had been completed. And then the re-stumping to re-level the house was done and, that then just threw everything out throughout the home. So the levels were all out. There were cracks. There was, you know, considerable gaps. A lot of these are irreparable without just completely starting again throughout the house that had just you know, been completed. So so it's just, you know, again, it's that, the big question I'd say to people up front is how much do you know? because if you don't know what you don't know, you do not know how badly it could go wrong. So if you're trying to save some money, you just also need to know that that could potentially come with some some issues. So um, so that was, that was horrible. I just was, my heart broke for her. Um, and the other common thing that happens is around finance. My God, banks are so bloody hard to deal with. And especially when you're, going through a renovation, trying to organise what's called construction finance um, and all the elements and paperwork required around that, people can get caught up in and they, you know, uh, all the work um, comes to a major halt because you're still waiting for the bank to release a part payment along that process. So I would say when it comes to the renovation itself and things going wrong, it tends to be around a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. or just carrying a load that you really aren't um, capable of or um, someone else might be more capable of. But, yeah, the the issue around finance is huge. I've just heard so many people get caught out in that. They can't start their build because the bank's still requiring information. It seems to be. I don't know all the nitty-gritty, but I do have an article up there um, on my website written by someone who... Was burnt big time on the construction side, <laughs> finance side of things, but um, it's all, it seems to be quite um, chicken and egg. You know, a builder can't release the certain paperwork that the bank needs. That the bank needs the builder to have confirmed the work, and uh, a bit <laughs> of a headache. But um, I'm no expert, but I would say to anyone listening, get a bit a good understanding of what's required in that process. Mortgage brokers are great to chat to. Um, they will be able to break it down in more simplified terms for you around what you need to know and how that staging um, works so that you're you're not going to get caught out um, when it comes to paying your trades.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can put another tip, don't renovate when you're pregnant because I did it twice and it's so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> when you read the real stories, most of them say say that. I was like, oh, one of them was, yeah, I was um two weeks away from having my, yeah. my child and I'm checking the site and oh god oh. yeah I know and you god you're just not thinking trying to make those no. you know rash decisions that yeah. you're required to when you're renovating when you're pregnant I'm like my mind is not working
0: I know and get it and also if you are get it done before the baby comes because we still have a list on our fridge of just the last little things that needed to be done at the end and the baby is now 18 months old and that list is sitting there unticked, like it hasn't been done. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Cause it was like, oh yeah, we'll do that when the baby comes. Nah, like it doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> no chance. Oh, I know. That's oh god, that everyone says that. Once you're yeah. in, you know, try and do it. Even though it feels like you're like hemorrhaging money, try and do everything before yeah. you move in. Because yeah. once you get settled and you start to realize how much money you have spent, you yeah. then yeah. Go into this, you know, yeah, shell, and there's no money being spent at all, and then the list just it just stays there,
0: and and can we never completely, really be settled. I, exactly, and we completely forget about. I think we've become oblivious to like those just those little things. But then when people come over, I'm like, oh, don't mind that. We're just renovating. They're like, oh, are you? I'm like, yeah, for about for three years. <laughs> i
1: know it i can can totally envisage it
0: yes and actually another tip this would be from my husband do not pay a tradie in advance when they haven't done the work Mm, we got stung i was like why did you do that we just got like the worst floor guy and he was Mm. so unmotivated to finish the job and it took and again i was pregnant so i was like I was the one dealing with him. Like he got all my emotional rage at him. Um, oh, yep. <laughs> I was like, seriously, why did you pay him? He's got no incentive to get it done. He's so lazy. <laughs> exactly.
1: Actually, yeah. it's a point around if before you move back into your house after you've, you've done the renovation, mm. go through with a fine-tooth comb, call it anything out and, that needs to be rectified. Um, and there are some standard guides of, you know, what is an unreasonable you know proximity to a wall to pick up any sort of imperfections <laughs> people walk up to a wall and they're like a centimeter away from it it's like no nah, actually that's not that's not how it works you need to be a further distance to actually see whether there's anything that needs to be rectified but getting your tradespeople to do that before their contract actually ends mm-hmm. so important don't think oh you know what i just want to get back in there i'll get in there we'll work our way through it because as you say, there's no incentive for them to come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that is a great tip.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I've loved talking about all of this, you know, the buying, selling, renovating. So interesting. And I thought now we could move on to talking about motherhood. So yes. yeah. So what's been your personal experience of motherhood? What have been some of your challenges or surprises?
1: So I think motherhood has been the biggest test of my patience ever. Um, <laughs> I've always known my patience was pretty shitty, um, but it's on another level now. Um, and I just find myself getting so easily wound up by the kids. You know, they it doesn't take either of their fighting, which obviously you get annoyed and um, anxious when they're fighting each other for seemingly no reason, but it's the whining and the constant chatter that I'm just like, my head hurts. <laughs> I just need some space, like give. Yeah. Actually, it was so funny. My mum my had my daughter recently um, stay over and my, my daughter Lucy said to my mum, Grandma, just give me some space. <laughs> and I was like, pretty sure she's heard that from me. This little four-year-old, Grandma, yeah. give me some space. <laughs> I thought that was so hilarious. But no, my um my need for having my own time, yeah. quiet time, space, um, indulge myself in some pampering um has been critical for my mental health. I definitely feel like it is motherhood's peaked my anxiety that was already underlying. So i am just having to manage that. Um, I'm always having to manage that. And I've I've always known that I'm Busy. I'm a very busy person. I'm very active. I'm very driven, um, and I found that I realised that even more about myself when I had kids. That I need a life beyond the kids, and I couldn't just stay at home with them. I'd take my hat off to anyone that can do that. But I think a combination of my patience, my anxiety, my um, ambition, just was my mind needed to work more when I was at home. So I found that quite. Um, challenging. So I actually went back working full time at nine months with both of the kids, which I got a bit of judgy McJudgison from other people on that. So I didn't, you know, I was way ahead of all the other mums in the mother's group and friends that had um, had children around the same time. In most tended to take a year, but for me, I felt really comf- com- comfortable with my decision um, and I just had to try and block out any of those judgments because I knew that that was absolutely the right thing for my sanity Um, and it's super cliche but I do believe that being busy and active and working and finding purpose outside of the children makes me a better mum. I can come home and I can be far more pumped up to see them than I am on a Saturday and Sunday where I'm just like, guys, I'm done. (laughs) Like, you know... I need some space
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I was the same I went back to work after six months with my first and Did same you? I was yeah. just, like, I just can't be a stay-at-home mom like it just wasn't I needed something else I needed my brain to tick over and then you know and then yeah, yeah you start your own business as well because you're like I need more stuff
1: <laughs> exactly well yeah. people think I'm a lunatic because I started two businesses when I was off on the first round of mat leave yeah and I started the workings of what is now west home while I was on mat leave second time round, so in those nine months I though I had less time to um less downtime with my second my first child legit was the easiest child ever put on earth and I was like I've got this guys I've got this like this is what are they all on about? She, yeah. they all, these, God, they, God, mum's wine, don't they? Like, and then the second one, she was just sent to test me. She was a freaking no. nightmare <laughs> in every way. So <laughs> I was like, okay, turns out it's got nothing to do with me. That, it is the child. Yeah. So I didn't have as much time to um, to hit high point second time round. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I had the opposite my first was the challenging one and my second he's a lot more chilled and you know it goes with the flow but mm-hmm. yeah I was like you were sent on this earth to test me like that's how you feel you're <laughs> like yeah <laughs> I don't know what's worse
1: I feel I don't know whether it's better to have the difficult one first because then do you
0: yeah you almost don't want to have for a second
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) no time I was like if we get the same I'm going to like cry um (laughs) love him and everything but yeah different different relationship different and yeah and again I thought it was me I was like is it me I'm like no it's not me it's totally them
1: (laughs) yes exactly that's it (laughs) I agree
0: oh gosh um and how old are your kids now
1: so, four, so Lucy's four. four, and Harrison's six. So, yeah. just um, yeah, yeah,
0: started school. school this year, which is yeah. cool. Oh, you're a school, school mom. Cool. School is cool. School mom. <laughs> school mom. I can't wait. Oh, I
1: totally love saying I'm a school mom. <laughs> and you say soccer as well. So, I'm a soccer mom, oh, too. I'm a soccer mom too. <laughs>
0: living the dream
1: totally and, and i've got a minivan
0: oh wow. wow you know just the whole package there the
1: whole package uh,
0: i can't wait to go to school i said to my husband i'm like i'm gonna take over the pta he's like i don't think they have australia i was like well oh, they, they will they will yeah. they're gonna will be <laughs> oh, God. Got to look out um yeah oh uh, that's cool thank you for sharing that so i want to find out a bit more then, yes about you outside of motherhood you love to travel and as a seasoned traveler where have you been tell us about that and what's your favorite place to visit
1: oh okay yes I have definitely traveled a lot so there's not much of Europe Asia and America that I haven't done um I was actually when uh when I was I lived in the UK for four years and the job I was doing in the UK sent me around the world to some of the most random places. My job was to look at, um, I was working for Marks & Spencer, such an amazing brand, world leaders really in the space that I work in. They would send me through the across the world to look through the supply chain to see where their raw materials came from and whether they were from good sources effectively. So they would send me out to China to look at where where does the um, Angora fur come from and what are the conditions the bunnies live in. They would send me to India to look at the cotton and the timber um, and they sent me one of the most eye-opening places they sent me to was Mongolia to look at our Kashmir supply chain and that is just such a like completely foreign country with this nomadic lifestyle that I couldn't even Quite believe that was just so amazing, and I cut my teeth on karaoke there as well. So I've never really looked back from then. <laughs> I went from karaoke in um, in Mongolia to k box in Swanston Street. So I've got Mongolia to thank for that. <laughs> and then I, um, I think my top country, oh god, I, city, love New York. You cannot not love New York and I just I think it's just got the most amazing vibe about it. Um, but my favourite country actually is Turkey, which is a bit random. So it's just really diverse and beautiful. Food's amazing. But you'd spend one day out cruising these crystal blue waters on this cool like old school style boat and then the next night you'd be sleeping in a tree house and then the following night you'd be in the snow sleeping in a cave in these, like, fairy chimney kind of caves. It was just so amazing, Turkey. So I would say put that on your to-do list for sure. Um, It just feels like it's still untapped all these years later. So,
0: yeah. That's always the best. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, fantastic. So very um, well-traveled. And do you often take the family or is these trips sort of on your own?
1: Yeah, I've kept it a little bit low key lately. Um, so yeah, these were I did a lot of it when I was it's on working. my own or when yeah. I, yeah, when it was just um my ex and I and now with the kids it it's too hard. I just went yeah. to Fort Douglas with them <laughs> on my own oh. a couple of weeks ago. a couple of weeks ago and I like halfway through it, I thought this is the hardest. hardest experience to do i've only just recently separated from my husband so trying to do all these things for the first time is quite challenging and i think that again i take my hat off to any um single parents out there and and those that are carrying all this load because that has been a huge wake-up call for me but trying to get them up to port douglas i was just like kill me now i don't (laughs) know how to do this and halfway through it i was like mum do you mind flying up I <laughs> am. this is backfiring on me completely I'm having a terrible time and she was like I've waited all my life to feel useful you know I'm so independent and don't really ask for help she's like I'll be up there tomorrow so she came up the next day so no family holidays are going to be like big four style I think from yeah. here on in yeah for a little while
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Well, you've got so many other, you know, memories to look back on um, of places you've already been and, yeah, just wait till they're older or when you can leave them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Cannot wait for that day. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great. And what about, i love to finish with a random fun fact about you. Okay, so
1: I've got a few on my Bumble profile actually as conversation starters. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll tell you those ones. Um, so they're very random. Um, I have met Prince Charles twice at his house. What? I've danced for him once.
0: What? <laughs> so okay, random. you have to. You have to explain. You have to explain. You can't just drop it and just go. Just
1: drop it. <laughs> uh, drop the mic. I'm out. Take that one. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> So it was when, when I was working in the UK for Marks and & Spencer and looking after their sustainable supply chain work, he's a really big advocate for all things sustainability. Mm-hmm. And so he had two events, two separate events, that I was the most appropriate person to represent Marks & Spencer at. So as a major British retailer and, you know, part of the fabric basically, um, I got invited along to those two cocktail parties. So there's a couple of photos of me just, you know, umming and aring with Charles. Um, he doesn't look like he's looking at me, or in any way interested. <laughs> so I was definitely there. <laughs> uh, and then the, um, yeah, I, and then I danced with him on, uh, dance for him, or he was just in the crowd. It sounds really inappropriate when I do say it that way.
0: <laughs> it's like you dance at a table, you're like, "Hi, Prince. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i i um did did, did, did you ever heard of rocker steadford yeah yeah yeah. But, yeah yeah so i was like hardcore rocker steadford girl yeah. at school and i got sent away on a european like dance tour <laughs> and he was at the um he was at the london um performance so yeah so that's super random
0: wow and then my
1: other ones that are on my bumble profile is that i've got um johnny depp asked uh, told me that he liked my hat. One one time when I just saw him in New York, told me that he liked my Trilby hat. And the girl next to me goes, Give it to him. And I was like, piss off. I'm gonna be dining on this in like a a decade. I'm not giving him this hat. Oh my god. This is evidence. (laughs) (laughs) So no, it looks so many random facts and so little time to explain them all.
0: You just you're just meeting all these random people, you're just attracting all the celebs. (laughs) <laughs> exactly did you wear that hat like every day for a year you're like johnny depp likes this hat oh, it
1: is so faded and oh. in tatters but i wore it to every like music festival yeah. when i was at the beach and anyone anyone that would even look at me i would say Do you want me to tell you something about this hat <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, but it's now it's it's not appropriate for me to wear it anymore. It's just embarrassing now. But yeah. and it like the the trilby phase has well and truly passed. But <laughs> oh I love it was my my line. It was always just a conversation starter in an awkward moment,
0: yeah. meeting new
1: people for the first time. Like got a little
0: oh. something to tell you I think you should put the hat on and take a photo and put it on socials so we can see it after this podcast funnily, actually end, you
1: it, it is funnily enough it is um there is a picture of me scroll my Instagram feed to okay. find my um a, a photo of me in a 1990s hat <laughs> <laughs> early 2000s hat that's
0: the one oh, we'll go we'll go and give you like a thumbs up emoji on there everyone go find that photo <laughs> Then we'll
1: see how many people are listening. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) All the way to the end. I know. I love it. That's so funny. I have to go look for it. Um, So great fun facts. Okay, so we we do have to finish up, which is sad because I've had a wonderful (laughs) chat with you and I'm sure there's so many more random fun facts to learn about you. I should have asked you that at the start. Oh, my gosh. We could have done a whole (laughs) podcast just about (laughs) your random fun facts.
1: I'm always available if you need me back. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, but before we finish, I just want you to share where can people find you and find all your amazing resources.
1: Oh, yes, well, you can find me on WestHome.com.au. You can find me on social uh, on Instagram. It's um, at underscore WestHome, and on Facebook, it's at Your WestHome.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mamas on a Mission. If you did. Hit subscribe, leave a review, or let's chat more on Motherhood Melbourne Facey or Insta page. If you're keen as beans to know more about my guest, the podcast, or my podcast partner, visit motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. OK, Mama, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me.